Hey guys, I'm coming at you from a significantly different time than last couple episodes, which were sort of morning-based, because this is a, well, I was going to say it's very late at night, but I suppose when it gets very late at night, it just becomes the morning anyway, so this is like 3.35 in the morning. <laughs> my podcast, if nothing else, gives you an interesting glimpse into my sleep schedule. So, uh, I mentioned before, I work somewhere uh, <laughs> right now where I'm fortunate enough to have a bit like a flex time where let's say you have to work an eight hour day it doesn't really matter if you come in and work from noon to 8 p.m or excuse me or nine to five you know so circumstantially uh it's the holidays coming up and i just you know a bunch of things led to me being in the neighborhood of my work at like late at night and wanting to have the day off tomorrow so i'm sort of working now from like midnight to four or five in the morning and then just <coughs> excuse me just going home and calling it a day because it is the day before Christmas so I was not uh I didn't have the foresight to book this off like pretty much everyone else in the office but anywho it's nice and serene it's very quiet being the only person here where I work is like a facility so it's always open so I mean it's not like I'm the only one here in a building sitting in the dark, but it's like I'm the only one in my extended office kind of thing. But I actually work better that way. I'm sure a lot of people do. <clears throat> Solitude, the ability to work at your own pace. It's nice. So two things I wanted to do today. I'm just going to talk to you guys while I'm doing some work, making some spreadsheets, making a PowerPoint, actually. That never really goes away. Uh, I just saw Aquaman today, and holy shit, it was so good. Everyone thinks uh, DC and the DCUO is a joke, and I mean, it's a, they've handed over to Marvel, and oh, they're just caught, you know what? This was a fucking amazing movie. It was engaging, it was interesting, it did a lot for the comic and the comic universe, and it also just didn't look like shit. You have so little of the time when a comic book movie can stick and hit the mark and not just be told that it's a copy of something or that, you know, it's just it's part of an assembly line of similar movies being made. Man. Aquaman was very good. It does, for me, singularly the most important thing, and it does it subtly in a flashback of a history lesson you see, but it introduces and confirms the Greek gods and, and mythology in the DC universe, which is huge, because not only is that integral for Wonder Woman and a lot of characters, <clears throat> probably they'll, they'll maybe bolster it with Shazam, but it also is your gateway to things like the new Genesis and uh, how the, the different pantheons, because there is sort of the Acer Norse pantheon, and there's the Greeks in, in DC, and they interact, so I mean... You're going to get to see that. It just did a lot. Like, Doctor Strange opened up the Marvel uh, mythic floodgates, like the world of magic, and this has done the sort of divine mythological <clears throat> gates for DC. But it was really cool. Um, I've been calling it Aqua Drago, Aqua Call, whatever. I mean, like, when you have Jason Momoa, he's the same in anything. I mean, he's a great guy. He's, you know, he's just a bro. Seems like a nice, you know, you get a beer with him, you'd, you know, shout, you'd drink too much, you'd wear a tank top, be a good time. But he's the same bro and everything, so. 
you know, it wasn't any kind of outstanding acting performance, but it was funny and it was lighthearted. And um, <clears throat> Aquaman as a character walks a fine line with being someone rooted in a bit of a comic originality, and like a comedic, I should say. So you want to have a bit of humor with, with Aquaman, which I think he managed to do. He's silly, he's uh, he's funny, he's also very human. Like, he makes, uh, you know, human errors, which is nice. As someone who's, he walks between those two worlds. Um, so yeah, he's a pretty bonny choice for the, the role. No complaints, really, for that. I like that we already saw him playing with the Justice League, and, and he fit in well, so that was okay. Um... Mira, I think her name's Amber something, I don't know, I'm, I'm forgetting it right now, it's late, guys. Or really, however you want to do it. She was great. Um, superhero movies right now are all, like, scrambling to be all-inclusive and, and put women at the forefront, which is cool, but, I mean, if it doesn't happen naturally and if it's not a good character, it just falls flat. And Wonder Woman was spectacular, and, and Gal Gadot was, was bae, and it was lovely, but... Now we have this next character, and it's amazing, because she can stand toe-to-toe in a lot of ways, and it, in terms of prowess, is somewhat superior to Aquaman, and, and it's great. You have her in in the greater DCU now, and it was uh, great chemistry. She was uh, she looked great in the costume. It was uh, just a great overall character. I think uh, the two of them made for pretty interesting main characters. I mean, the villains... Um, I love the Black Manta setup. I've I've always found him to be a cool Aquaman villain just because I'm a Young Justice fan. So, I mean, he shows up and he's great in that, especially like the season two. There's a lot of that. Um, King Orm was really cool. I was surprised. I thought, um, you have all these pieces of, you know, the traditional royal infighting story and, and a lot of that can just, wind up making caricatures of roles and he really held it together and it's funny he's the uh okay so i i just was watching the weirdest thing apparently in 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 aquaman there's a scene where okay so they they go to the atlantis and they're in like a privacy bubble and like a sunken ship because which is clever they explain only like highborn people can breathe air and water so they use that in, in hiding stuff so there's like a pile of discarded junk, and apparently there's like an Annabelle doll. I mean, obviously this movie is just in theaters of a day or two, so I mean, like, you can't find too much online in terms of stills, but I'm trying to find it. I'm not going to lie and say that I saw it in the looking through, but I was just, I recognized uh, King Orm as the husband of the paranormal investigating duo that are in those um, the Inception, not Inception, <laughs> Insidious, I think, Insidious movies. Uh, Warren and Lorraine. Fuck. <laughs> it escapes me right now, but I enjoy those movies. The ones with, like, the nun and, you know, the Annabelle. So apparently the doll's in the movie, which is weird. It's a cool, I guess, cross-universe Easter egg. Um... Villains were cool. The CGI, which was the big worry for me going in, was really cool because a lot of the time they framed things in such a way that you weren't looking at it in an ability where you could scrutinize the tiny details and it it flowed very well. It had a very comic book combat feel, 
which was great. And it had that Kingsman style where it, it was simulated one takes and simulated like grittiness and those two things together in the fights made it very entertaining to watch. Um, there wasn't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge lifelong Aquaman reader. I mean, I've been aware and I read Justice League stuff, but I mean, I could not find significant Easter eggs or anything. Uh, I felt so, you know, clever for spotting with a Dr. Shin at the beginning. And then it's not even, <laughs> it's an Easter egg. It's like he gets woven in to the periphery of the plot. So, um, I did read the Jeff Johns new 52 Aquaman. I think volume one, the trench I have, I don't, I don't think I have the other ones, but I read it to, I think three, very similar. If you've read it, you see it right away. <laughs> the, uh, literally the trench crawlers, like the monsters from there, the style of, of Atlantis and, uh, the trident, his his abilities and the sort of pressure resistance of his skin being his invulnerability. It <coughs> was really good. I mean, the, the movie has a lot of parallels you can draw to other films, and it, it, it you, you wonder if it took some stuff from some places, but I'd say it's without fault that way, because it's uh, actually pretty great, and comes together in a way that is much more engaging than similar other ones that we've seen for superheroes. I mean, like, yeah, I, I would argue it's a way better movie than the first Thor, and, I mean, it's a very similar story. Um, <laughs> what it's really similar to is, I guess, the spoilers. I mean, this whole episode, you're probably not listening to if you're worried about spoilers. Like, I had to stop myself on Thursday from watching the new movie fights because it's about Aquaman, and I don't want to, you know, they're probably... Try to avoid spoilers. I don't. I don't need that though. And one person say the wrong thing. So, spoiler alert. But yeah, there's <laughs> there's a significant amount of. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm I'm making errors in my report, so I want to make sure that that's <laughs> the priority. Um, there's a significant amount of of content that you could draw parallels to, and and my favorite. 100% is How to Train Your Dragon 2. <laughs> so you have a character whose mother is... We, you have a prince, right, by blood. Son of the, the leader of the tribe. You have that character whose mother um, dies slash disappears for their entire life, whom they later reconnect with as they are discovering the full potential of their, their heritage and their gift. And their mom is disguised in, like, vagabond-esque armor and has become powerful in ways of the distant life. I mean, like, it's very How to Train Your Dragon, too. And I love it, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's also, uh, you know, Jeff had mentioned it's sort of like a reverse Black Panther, and I like that, sort of. But again, it puts him as, as Killmonger, and it's, it's a good movie. Uh, for Wonder Woman to be great, for Aquaman to be great, and for the Batman, I mean, I don't know who, unfortunately... You know, R.I.P. as it stands right now, the Batflick has uh, stepped down, so we're kind of in a bit of a void for that. But whoever takes over Batman is going to be amazing. So, I mean, if you keep having these substantial successful hits as movies, then you build your, your universe, and that's what's nice to see. I was really hoping we wouldn't just collapse into a series of, like, reboots and rehashes of stuff. So, yeah, DC swung and it was a touchdown sports analogies 
So, definitely check out Aquaman. The fighting is amazing. It's so smooth, so colorful. The plot's great. I mean, it does the typical after credit scene that sets up the next one, and it's just, it's good. feels like the kind of really good superhero movie we would have seen like 10 years ago and wouldn't be blown away by. Um, the theater I saw it in, I need to like brace myself for the story. Unbelievable amount of people talking. Now, I, I need to just get this out there. I don't want to sound like a, I don't know, like a grouchy asshole, and I'm going to be making beans a little bit here, and I don't want to sound like, like a dick. I'm not overtly, I'm not too much with what I'm about to describe to you, but in a movie theater, I expect silence from people, and I give people silence, okay? I don't eat crinkly foods. I cover my mouth when I sneeze. I minimize. I never leave the theater. I pee beforehand. You know what I mean? I gotta take a dump. I make sure I do that early on. I make sure that I'm not a disruption because I expect that from people. I'm engaging in a in a social contract by existing in that theater with people that they also should mirror. That we're all in it to see a movie together, and everyone's enjoyment is contingent on people following those rules. So. We're in the theater, and normally my favorite, you know, shout out to Scotiabank Theater in downtown Toronto, John and Richmond. That is the best theater in the world. I've seen, like, movie premieres there, international stuff. It's great. And in my house, you know, I moved in with the wife, and we live in the suburbs, and there's, like, a massive, you know, suburban movie coliseum place. And it has VIP theater, which is my favorite, because you have to be 19 plus to get in, which means there's no fucking kids, which is great. But on an occasion like today, we wanted to uh, try something new because there's this feature called Box X, or it's like 270 degree, where essentially you're watching the movie as you normally would, but the wall to the left and to the right of the screen of the theater is is a screen. And so all it winds up doing, because they, they advertise this sort of technologically astounding immersion that, you you know, is so revolutionary and like way better than IMAX and what it fucking actually is is you're just watching the movie and not for all of it either like every 20 minutes maybe 15 minutes like he's jumping into the ocean or something's happening suddenly the walls like turn on and they're like blurry slightly differently colored versions of the side frames of the movie so if we're, like, staring at Batman and, like, on the far side of the left there's, like, a cactus and the other side there's, like, some criminals and, like, you know, the camera pans back to him and it's happened. So, like, one whole wall will be that cactus stretched out and blurry and then the other one will be the criminals and, like, the ones that are in the corner between them. You Good luck with that. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Fantastic. Anyway, um, the people in front of us, we were sitting in the second row up, and we were, in, you know, right at the end of the aisle. So it was myself and Jeff on my one side and my wife on my other side, and then this guy beside her, and then the aisle, and then the stairs, right? And then in front of him, and therefore in front of her, and then me, were these two fucking kids, these two, like, middle school, like, Fortnite flossing, rude, like, glued to their phone, just 
piece of shit kids, like the lost generation of children that are just going to be the Tide Pod eating death of our planet and climate and just way of life. Just this kid sat with his headphones in, like playing Minecraft on his phone and like texting. And then when he would become, I don't know, bored of that, he would just lean over and start talking to the other kid full volume, complaining about the movie and stuff. And this is fucking unbelievable. And if they were in front of me, I would have done something sooner, but I couldn't really get to them because my wife was there. She wasn't going to do anything. She's pregnant, and that's just not, not a good addition to the tension of this situation. So I've been putting it, you know, I shushed a couple people behind us because literally everybody was fucking talking. Everybody behind me. There were seven people behind me, like starting from the road, just seven people down who were talking. Two separate couples, like four people who were just talking. It's like, that's what you fucking do in a theater. <coughs> and this like really selfish Vietnamese dude who brought like an entire sleeve, like a TNT, like an Asian grocery store sleeve of seaweed snacks that come into anyone knows the crinkliest fucking paper. And so he's taking off the plastic. <coughs> Sorry, the crinkliest plastic, I should say. He's taking off stashes and on the floor somewhere. And he, then he takes each container and, like, opens it and then puts the plastic down. And, like, that food unto itself is fucking loud. It's not like you're unwrapping a sandwich and we get the reprieve of, like, Wonder Bread. Like, it's, it's like each piece is, like, fucking eating leaves. It was just unbelievable. So these fucking snot-nosed fucks in front of us, like, it's it's climactic points in the movie and I lost my mind. I, I'm a cinephile. I love movies, man. Movies are going to the movies is and always has been my favorite activity. On a weekend, that's what makes a weekend feel complete. When a movie comes out, I want to be the first to see it. The, the experience, the sounds, the smells, there's nothing like it. So I lost my mind. So, like, I lean forward, and, like, the two kids, and I, I, I just tap his chair so we get his attention, and I'm like, listen, can you guys stop talking? Okay? I know it's you. Can you stop talking? That's it. That's it. Backed up. I'm not going to fucking be inappropriate. I'm not going to do anything. And I mean inappropriate in any way. Like, I don't care. I'm just speaking person to person. It's not a kid. I'm just, like, talking to you like, bro, can you shut the fuck up? And so doesn't this fucking dad that wants to be dad of the year when he really just wants to get his teeth broken, but he, he like leans forward. He's like, hey, don't fucking talk to my kid. And I'm like, okay, well, then tell your kid to shut the fuck up. He's like, don't fucking talk to my kid. And we're just going back and forth. And I'm not giving any ground on this because I'm sorry. If you don't want someone to say something, then say something. This is like 40 minutes, an hour into a movie where these kids have constantly been on their phones talking and loud. And I know he saw. So the movie ends and he gets up and he wants to be a big man and he comes over and he's like, you know, next time I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. Next time fucking tell your kids to stop. And so this just goes on and it's getting heated. And, and Jeff's like, I love this man. Cause this man's like my boy. I love this. He's, he's like, you got this man. Don't worry about it. Like, it's not worth it, man. But he was ready to scrap with this guy. As soon as this guy leans over and he's like, don't touch my kid. Jeff's like, he didn't touch him. Like, I know Jeff didn't even see what happened. That's a bro right there. So this guy, we're just, we're getting steamed. It just eventually he fucking walks off, but I'm not letting this go. And I'll be the first person to tell you, <laughs> that, like, 
I went home and like got an earful from the wife and I still, I swear to you, will not back down on this. I maintain this. There is a time and a place where you have to root yourself like a tree and insist and stand by your beliefs. And I stand by that. Movie theaters are special. They are sacred to me. They are a place that is important. And my enjoyment is directly, directly based on other people's cooperation and, and, and their civility. And that pisses me off. And there's nothing I can do because I'm not wealthy enough to buy my own theater. But I expect that people can behave. And I'm not going to ever sit idly by and watch people ruin things for myself or for anyone else. When I was a kid, I hated when people would talk in the movies. And I was a tiny fucking kid. And I wasn't going to, like, go out and, you know, like, do you mind turning it down? Or, like, can you stop talking? Like, it's not going to fucking happen, you know? And it doesn't carry the same cloud anyway. When you're, like, 6'1 and, you know, 280 pounds, like, people respond differently to you. So when, when I was a kid and I would hear someone do that when I would hear someone like, you know, Steve Rogers in the, in the, in the war newsreel when he's like, Hey, you know what? Shut up. Show some respect. Like that was always very empowering to me. And I was always, if somebody was willing to do that. It would show me that it can be done. And it was important. I think that that's something that everyone's really willing to let go over the wayside because people are too afraid to get involved and to, to just lend a hand in general. I was reading, like, a, I think it's Reader's Digest, but similar. Um, the American Magazine about, um, in 2018, it's been sort of the lowest in a poll they've been taking for about 12 years of, of people's readiness to intervene in a stranger crisis. So the number one example that they had was, um, like, performing CPR or um, I think it was, like, talking someone out of a suicide but apparently just people now, for the fear of lawsuit, for fear of, you know, just anything under the sun, people just don't want to get involved, we don't want to help each other. Like if someone was was having a heart attack, it was like, oh my god, can you just, can you apply pressure in my chest? Like, I, I don't know, man, what if, you know, what if I don't, I kill you and you sue me? Like, people just don't, they don't want to be connected to each other and, and you know, I enjoy my privacy and I enjoy my solitude as much as the next person. In fact probably twice as much as the next person. But we all do exist in the same place, and we do have to share common spaces. And anyone who's never lived with roommates or extremely challenging family members maybe doesn't understand, but you have to give, you know, you have to show a certain iota of decorum. And I would never allow someone to go up and talk to my kids and yes that's not the right thing to do in any situation but don't let that have to be what has to happen someone needs to say something to your kids and, and in my defense because my wife is the first person to say that this was obviously after at least she was like on my team for the the confrontation <laughs> but I was told I could have just gone and told this guy that's what even he's telling me firstly he's a fucking seat away from me second of all I don't have time to draw the connection of who this dude sitting behind these two fucking kids is. We're like, how am I supposed to assume that you're the parent? Not that this is any, like, this is neither here nor there, but two of them were of one racial background and one of the kids was of another, so I assumed it was like a parent and a kid and the kid's friend. So I didn't even know who, like, where, who I'm supposed to talk to about these people. But the worst part was... When it got to the point where the kid was playing Minecraft with the volume on in the theater, 
the the guy could ignore it no longer, and then he tapped him on the fucking head like a dog. <laughs> he just taps his kid, and the kid's like, "What?" And he's like, he turns it off, and then four minutes later, he's back to it. Like by the next scene in the movie. So I'm not gonna go tell him because we're like, "Hey, bud, do you mind telling your kids?" Like, so what? So he can fucking do that, and the kid could ignore it? No. I remember being a kid, and if you were acting like a piece of shit, and someone's like, "Hey, don't be a fucking piece of shit," he'd be like, "Oh, sorry, man." That's how it happens. Everyone's so afraid. His biggest like biggest priority was don't talk to my son. Like, how about you know make sure your son's not a fucking puke? But okay. So Aquaman, as uh, as Jeff said, which I think summed it up really well, was an amazing experience despite all of what I just said. So that really says something about the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I have high hopes for that extended universe. I want to see where they take it. And the second thing I'm going to do today, which is, I don't know, I guess kind of a rarity for my channel, um, because I'm not fortunate enough to be paid to do this. I'm doing an unboxing. I dropped the box. So, um, I'm a big fan of Heroclix. I know it's uh, it's in the description, and uh, I haven't talked about it as much as I wanted to. It's a tabletop miniatures game, but it's not like Warhammer in the sense that you have to like build or paint anything. You get these really nice, uh, really well-detailed models that come on bases that turn and the, the turning of the bases shows the progression of statistics and, like their health and damage and their abilities um, there's lots of different franchises and pretty much everything you can think of from like Marvel, DC and then all the top video games, a lot of Hollywood movies like Star Wars, Star Trek um, Assassin's Creed uh, I don't know, Warcraft like Cthulhu-esque sort of horror stuff um, I've been an avid collector for probably like a decade now, and I used to play, but basically the, the company was bought out. Originally it was terrible, and they, the bases were extremely hard to turn, and the models were badly painted, and they didn't, you needed to sort of have a rule book or know how to play it. It was one of those, like, knowing cheat codes back in N64 days, like you just had to sort of assume all this knowledge for these things to work, but um, it was bought out and rebranded, redone, and revitalized um, by WizKids. So all the bases got, like, double the thickness, so they're really easy to spin, and, like, there's easier, like, instructions. All the models are painted, like, twice as good. And they've just been relaunching new series all the time. It's great. I have uh, some special ones, like I have my Red Sun Batman, which is really special. Um, the champagne glass that has, like, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. Uh, the last big, you know, hunt for me for a valuable in, in a blind box was when they came out with the Red Hood and the Outlaws set. Or, um, fuck, I really can't remember. <laughs> it's been too long. It was a set that had them in it, or there was, it was their set. I really don't know. But it was one of those, like, it came with bases, so you could... The back cave, for example, you can get the pieces of the back cave, and then you can get the specific characters that fit on that base, and they get a bonus. And there was one for the Red Hood and the Outlaws, and the three, uh, you know, Corey, uh, Roy, and, and Jason. So that was cool. Um, yeah, this is from the Batman animated series set. Uh, I think it's kind of newish, but I hadn't heard of it. I've heard of the series a million times, obviously, but the clicks, I don't know. But then again, if you're uninvolved and out of the loop, I suppose, what you've heard of has no bearing, so. Popping it open, though. 
I can't believe people actually would get paid for unboxing. Like, I'm going to give you this toy so that you can open it and people can watch you open it and, you know, it's just... Anyway. <laughs> what a life. So this is working. I have, um... I feel like I never need to buy this set again. Normally when you get uh, a blind box, you get some crap <laughs> and you get some good stuff. So usually uh, for Magic, for Hero Clicks and everything, there's, there's one significantly rare or chase, like one valuable model or card and then the rest, you know, varied. But this is really cool. I got uh, a lot of what... I actually understand, which is cool. It's not like Henchman number four and Goon seven and like the crocodile, that villain from an episode you forgot. Crocodile is a bad example because Killer Croc is just like the alligator. But uh, this is a Heroclix five figure set, so the tall box. And I got Mr. Freeze, which is fucking awesome. I love the way he looks. The little dome on his head, which is what you want, but it's well painted. I got Batman Beyond. So, the Terry McGinnis, which, despite my probably 20... Oh, fuck, I, I think I used to have 24. I couldn't find one. Despite my 20-something hero clicks, I do not have one of him, so that's nice. I also have Bruce Wayne, like old, you know, broad-shouldered, um, 90s animated, Paul Dini, Bruce... That's cool. And then I have Hawk Girl, which is very cool. Shire is a beast. I'm just wondering um, when she showed up in that series. But yeah, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> I could definitely make a, uh, a living out of opening boxes of stuff I want anyway. So, guys, you know, help me out with that. <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to incorporate these guys into some teams. And I'm actually going to aim to do a Heroclix episode next, or coming up soon. Uh, I bought a bunch of new packs from the Magic uh, 2019 sets, from four different ones that came out. And I was doing like a mini kind of draft with my wife. So expect some Magic the Gathering talk, and expect some Heroclix talk coming up soon. But um, considering it's December 24th today, I'm pretty sure at this point it's safe to say it's the last episode before Christmas. I, even though I've kind of Return of the King you with how many times I've said that and turned out to be misleading. But as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Be safe out there. Enjoy your happy holidays. And yeah, this is probably about it. I'm still the only person here, so have fun with whatever you're doing. Cheers, guys. <laughs>